Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Now, going back to Jimmy Walsh last week in the programme, who joined me, said the big problem with the school bus issue is there are no drivers. There is no designated bus tester in Wexford. Um, the man that was doing it retired last October, and he hasn't been replaced. And we're depending on a man to come from Kilkenny or Waterford to do the test. And he dire- directly asked me to mention it to my first guest this morning, who joins me in studio, Independent Deputy Verona Murphy. Good morning to you, Verona. Good morning, Alan. Now, you're here to be fair to you to discuss a lot of information pre-budget and in particular for you feel got lack of support and no appetite to further assist people with energy but in relation to what I've just read out there about the, the, the gentleman whose daughter can't get a driving test and Jimmy Walsh's comment about the bus testers. Maybe you could look at both of those for me first off. First, to be fair to Jimmy Walsh, he did mention you by name. What's your response to the point he's raised? Well, I, absolutely. I've been in touch with the RSA on a number of issues. I'm actually constantly in touch with them. But last week I was so frustrated. I had asked for two drivers, two bus drivers, uh, to have their tests fast-tracked so that we could accommodate some of the issues that have arisen from school transport. Um, I got a reply back that said they didn't prioritise bus drivers, only frontline workers. Now, in the crisis that we've faced since the Minister announced free school transport without making any provision for an increase in buses or, or even understanding that for the last five years we've had a shortage of drivers, I would consider bus drivers to be frontline workers. Um, my engagement uh, with the RSA shows me a level of incompetence within the organisation. Uh, last week I had to actually write to the chief executive to tell him that this is going on the floor of the doll. I am bringing it to the floor of the doll because I believe we have to have a review of the organisation. It's not working competently, it's not working efficiently, it's actually not working for anybody. The issues that I've brought up have shown, and, and, and they're individual issues, okay. so GDPR prevents me, but there are issues to do with, you know, we have a shortage of drivers in every sector. This young girl is working in Dublin, she needs her car. We just cannot. We have people leaving the country unable to get tests, having completed their 12 days. Can I ask you, why do you lay the blame at the RSA? Because we will go back to them. In what areas? I know you can't be specific, case-specific, but you can be general. Well, so. for instance, we know that the school bus transport has shown up, you know, to be a complete disaster. And why, why do you blame the RSA for that? For because they're not assisting in remedying the bus driver situation. They're not assisting in recommending that over-70s, a policy that bus Aaron have, uh, they have banned over-70s from driving school buses. The RSA as the Road Safety Authority should be able to make a recommendation to the Minister to say that, that there's no need for that and it should be circumvented, it should be alleviated. But why, why, why finger uh, the RSA? Well, they're if, the Road if, Safety Authority, yeah. so they're actually in charge of the NDLS, which is the National Driver Licensing Section. So, for instance, we, we have permits for drivers who come in from abroad. We need work permits, but we also need to have their licences verified. This is something like the Ukrainian... And if Ukrainian make a decision not to employ people over 70 have the RSA got the power to make them change their minds? They have the power to make the recommendation to the Minister that that is not a road safety concern. If it were a road safety concern and there was analysis behind it, I would say, fine. But there mm. is no such analysis. It's right. just a bus airing policy and it has added to those. Most people who are retiring driving between the age of 66 and 70 are well capable of driving buses over the age of So 70. directly then, what is the question you would like us to put to the RSA? Because you've obviously spoken to them. We'll go back to them and give them 
them the right to reply. So what is the main question you're well, putting I, to them? I will be setting down a series of PQs in relation to how they're resolving their complaints because I believe their complaint mechanism is done on a piecemeal basis. Each time I threaten that I'm going to put this on the floor of the doll because the responses I'm receiving are taken weeks. I had a chap who came home from Australia here in Wexford, had a D licence to drive a rigid truck mm. and for 18 months before he came to me, 18 months he tried to get the RSA to accept his licence, in which case I got involved and it still took six weeks. Now, only because I knew what I was talking about and it's something that they're they're actually putting obstacles in the way that don't even exist in legislation and this is something that has to be remedied are their staff trained you know we need to have an inspector in Wexford to ensure that we have our fair share of bus drivers to deal with children So will you when you raise the issue in Dáil Éireann will you also follow up on Jimmy's request and raise that too about the fact that we don't have our own individual tester? Well Alan this is what I always say about joining the dots all of these things have led to the disastrous implementation of free school transport Uh, you know we have over 6,000 children of working parents unable to get transport to school. And that is, for me, we have to look at how working people and how it pays to work and make sure that they're able to work with their conscience and their children getting to school safely. Before I move away from the school bus issue, we spoke to Labour Party representative in education, Aidan O'Reardon. He raised uh, the topic again in the Dáil last week with the Minister for Education, I think it was. Uh, there were 6,000 students. We don't have a figure how many students in County Wexford are still affected, but we do have comments, and I'll ask the listeners out there if they have comments, if they're still going through this. I mean, if you are a parent and you have two or three children, how are you managing to cope? Energy prices going up. Uh, are you still getting comments in from uh, parents still, of students are, in Wexford? Are, yes, we're still dealing with some of the issues. I mean, many of the parents that now have no way to get their children to school always had a concessionary ticket. I'm getting feedback from many parents that they're... I have one woman who drops two of her children to the bus and she has to take two herself. And she's, you know, they're telling me that the bus isn't full. Many of the bus drivers are telling me that people are not turning up for the bus. They have tickets, they're not turning up. Now, we can't, you know, we can't... um, we don't, uh, know, no, what the reason you telling we don't that... know what the reason is. It might be yeah. a sick day, it might be just they weren't up in time. Yeah. But the reality is we have to find a system and I believe that that system is free transport for children going to school so as that parents who are working right. can freely avail of their job without having to be concerned. I'd love to get the stats on that because you're, you're saying that there well, are... We, so, we that, can't yeah. get the stats because it isn't recorded and the bus drivers themselves are very frustrated. They have mm. parents pleading with them to take their children but because they're not insured they can take their children they have a list of children with tickets concessionary or otherwise and that's who they can take full stop so it's it's also you know it's very hard on the bus driver Mm. to see people who know that they have to get to work unable to take their children even though they know they have empty bus seats Before I move on to the other main talking points today in relation to the other uh, email it was in this case that has to remain anonymous the daughter completing 12 lessons there's so so much shortage of space at the moment. A lot of people are commuting to work uh, from students gone to Waterford and Carlow would like to get their driving test. Are you aware of the of the difficulty with testers? Or is Absolutely. That, and yeah. I mean, again, it boils down to the same thing. I mean, we, we had measures brought in to deal with the COVID queues. I believe those measures are still in place. Clearly, from what your listener writes, there is an issue. Uh, what we need to find out is are the interviews being carried out? Are the driver testing jobs being applied for? Uh, it That's something, because they're on short-term contracts, may be the issue. But I do 
believe that we are not dealing efficiently or quickly enough with people who have completed their 12 lessons and having to wait for their test for as much as 6 to 12 months. Right, uh, first comment in, a uh, second comment in on the text line, Jimmy Neurostis, South East Radio, a, pl- a PR platform for Verona Murphy, I like her style but I'm just wondering, South East Radio is a platform for all politicians to come forward and air their views and share their views but to, to, to say, it's a, is it a PR platform? That's your view, Jimmy. I want to well, I am it. a public representative, yeah. Alan. It's a fortnight at least since we spoke, if not more. And I look at, I don't know what that's about, but, yeah. you know, it's a compliment. It's a backhanded compliment in a way. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, well, look, it's like this. We have politicians from all across the county and beyond contact the programme and we'll be speaking to them throughout the course and the build-up to the budget and onwards and upwards. Let's look at the whole situation Got got you very irked. This could get the ball rolling as well. All talk and no action when it comes to offering real solutions to the energy crisis. What's all this about, Verona? Well, look, at I, I'm a member of the regional technical group in the Dáil and we put forward a private member's bill. We brought solutions to the table in relation to our home energy crisis. Mm. And that means providing energy on the island that we're not importing or depending on the imports, which we can see are so fragile and most of the countries we're depending on are not providing it sufficiently or cost effectively. So our solutions were that we would reignite both Lanesborough and Shannon Bridge, which are two fine facilities with 10 years life left in both of those power plants. We suggested rather than interfere with the carbon emissions, we would run them on biomass biomass of which we currently export from the country actually one of those plants did operate on biomass so it's ready to go we also suggested that there was a wind farm with 70 with seventy windmills mm-hmm. uh, had a planning issue in Derry Bryan and the EU instructed that that had to be decommissioned. Now, the reality of the EU is that I have no doubt were a minister to ask the EU that given the energy crisis we find ourselves in, and particularly the fact that it's a homegrown energy we can use, we may pay fines, but the EU would have no difficulty with alleviating that decision to decommission that wind farm, which would provide electricity for 40,000 homes. These are, we have Eamon Ryan as a minister telling us that we're going to have blackouts blaming data centres. We also proposed that data centres would be compulsorily in legislation told to use their alternative electricity generation, their storage capacity during the hours of 5 to 7 or whatever peak time was. Government essentially accepted this bill, which meant they put no amendments. They agreed Mm. with the bill entirely. One, uh, Breed Smith of People Before Profit pushed the bill to a vote. And when that bill was voted on, although government and and Sinn Féin, who spoke in favour of the bill, they all abstained from having this brought in. Do you know why they abstained? I actually don't. All I know is that it shows, you know, there isn't, uh, there's no outside thinking, there's no innovative thinking. And really, there doesn't appear to be a desire from this government to cure our home energy crisis. Mm. Lanesborough and uh, Shannon Bridge would probably provide enough electricity for in excess of 65,000 homes, coupled with Derry Bryan, 40,000 homes. That's 110,000 homes that we could cater for on the island for a short in the short term we have no we have nothing 
right. from government. Nothing in relation to how we bridge the gap to move away from fossil fuels to get to our green energy and our wind energy. Absolutely nothing. So basically, what I am saying is that we have the Green Minister, Eamon Ryan, whom, by the way, I also brought the proposal that he would bring in emergency legislation yeah. to cap standing charges, reduce them and give the regulator. The, the actual proposal was that the regulator be given the authority to deal with standing charges, which he currently doesn't And what have. was the response to that? He ignored it completely as if I never asked and he, he mouthed it for, and there's no other way to put it for one minute on a topic that was non-related. So this, he's being aided and abetted by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael in that standing charges, there are many pensioners in this country paying more in standing charges than they are in electricity. And these are the things that will make a difference in the cost of I living. mean, we're, we're hearing stories that we're not supposed to run our Christmas lights outside our house. We have to keep our Christmas trees on for a certain length of time. The lights on public buildings. It, it, well, I mean, we, by your under, what are you seeing or what are you hearing within Dáil Éireann that we're not I, hearing? I, to be honest, Alan, people haven't moved that far from, from my perspective. I'm dealing with people like the pensioners, I'm telling you, and unable to afford the standing charge who conserve their electricity mm. and are penalised for for doing so. I'm hearing from businesses who at this point in time, regardless of what happens in the budget, are very much looking at closure. They do not feel that they can sustain this because even if government decide to give them money, mm. they don't know what the cure is. And we've seen proposal after proposal put forward by ourselves and, and, and again, you know, planning in relation to solar, grants that are, everything is an obstacle. We need planning for solar panels. Okay. An outrageous proposition the government are refusing to deal so with. So what are you going to do next about it? I've got to wrap it up in a second. So what, what is your next course of action with all of this then? Uh, to continue in the vein of which I am. I mean, I'm putting forward proposals along with those in my technical group and at some point I hope common sense will prevail. Mm. But I do believe that this government is devoid of innovative thinking. They're tired. They just cannot think outside the box. We can fire money at the problem and all they're actually going to do is drive inflation upwards. We're at 9%. Firing money at the problem without real alternative solutions or waiting for the 2030 targets. That's not the answer. We need to deal with the cost of living. That's what pe- That's right. where the problem is for people. We will get lots of government response over the next 24 hours or so, but before we conclude our chat with you, what are you anticipating from this buzzer? Is it going to be a giveaway buzzer? What do you think? Well, I think it's certainly from what we're hearing, it's going to be lots of money put into circulation, which, as I said, the result will be that we will drive up inflation. People do need to see that they, that, you know, they need certainty to know that they're going to receive money. But wouldn't it be better if we did give the regulatory authority, the regulator, I should say, the ability to deal with the standing charge? At least they'd know next year where their standing charges are. Wouldn't it be better for the government to open Derry Bryan? And even, you know, the, the statistics well, let's are throw there. It out there. So just, just by way of conclusion, put the question to the morning next listener. Just summarise it for us and we get their reaction to what you're suggesting. Well, the my initial proposals that were set down in the private members bill were that we would instruct data centres as a matter of their legal obligation to ensure that they would use their alternative power source through peak times that government also would see would absolutely ensure there were no blackouts for anybody and also that we would open Lanesborough and Shannon Bridge and Derry Bryan on an interim basis there is 10 years left and I'm not sure that we would need the 10 years but at the rate we're going and the lack of innovative decisions that's what's going to be Southeast Radio's Morning Mix
Chat, news and your views.